Hi, welcome back to the Jewish Reaction. My name is Rabbi Steve Berg, International Director of NCSY, and I'm actually not joined here uh, by Rabbi Glasser. Uh, Rabbi Glasser uh, has been in Los Angeles, sunny Los Angeles, in the last uh, two days, and due to all kinds of weather-related issues, which all of you are very aware of here in these coasts, um, he was supposed to be back this morning on the red eye. The plane got canceled. We're hoping he gets in before a new storm that's coming and back and forth and weather-related stuff. So uh, he's actually not here and on the plane, so um, we're not going to have him here. But uh, what, what, what a week and a half it is, and I apologize we weren't able to tape last week. Um, our building was shut down in Lower Manhattan, the Orthodox Union, with no electricity. Um, we are actually located um, right outside the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, uh, which looked more like a bathtub than it did a tunnel. Um, and really, just the the incredible devastation that we've seen here in the last ten days um, or, or so, or two weeks uh, in in in, uh, in here in New York has just been. Um, Totally outrageous. I myself was personally out of power um, for about nine days. Um, where you know we got to understand what gullus, what, what what wandering around the wandering Jew actually means, and uh, it's really been difficult and tough on on many of the folks here in New York and New Jersey, um, and certainly on many members of the Jewish community because there were uh, Jewish communities um, that were hard hit, and, and our heart goes out to him. And a lot of um, great work is being done by a lot of great organizations. And um, what I really want to do here today is we're going to speak with two different people um, that are working on different sides of uh, the Hudson River um, in New Jersey and New York just to get a little bit of a sense of, of, of what's going on. Um, and I got to tell you, it's it's really, um, from what I've seen through all the pain, and, and believe me, like I said, I, I <laughs> went through nine, ten days without power. So I, I know about the pain, but but through all the pain and suffering, um, I've just seen so much, ach, so much people People coming together, um, regardless of, of you know their hashkafa or anything else, just people helping people, and it's been really, really fantastic. Um, I just have to tell you one story um, before we go on with our with our uh, first uh, guest. Uh, the story was I was speaking to uh, Jared Bernstein. Jared Bernstein, who is just a fantastic um, individual, fantastic Jew. He is the director um, of outreach to the Jewish community for the White House. And uh, he has been down here many times because he uh, originally, before the White House, he spent time with the Department of Homeland Security and very close to uh, Secretary Pagliano. And uh, he took some trips down with her, some trips down himself. He's also originally from Long Island, from this area, and he spent uh, many years here working for Mayor Bloomberg. So he's very talented. New York has been uh, a Around for a lot of the relief efforts for Sandy, and one of the, he called me up, and he said, "Steve, I got to tell you something." He said, "I'm standing here, and all of a sudden, two school buses pull up, and all these Hasidim get off the school bus from Williamsburg, and they basically say they're here to help, they're here to do shmirah, they're here to to walk around and make sure no looting happens in community, and they can help in any way." He's like, I just, I've never seen anything like it. Just the, 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 the open hearts. And, and I gotta tell you, that was just a tremendous Kiddush Hashem's that, that, that the fact that, uh, so many Jews are, are, are coming out to, to help out, um, is making its way to the White House and it's, it's being something that's seen and uh, all over. And it's really, um, it just, it makes you proud to be a Jew. And, uh, you know, again, and I w- believe me, I wish Hurricane Sandy went the other direction and, you know, never touched our shores. But now that it has, I think we're seeing, um, Really tremendous things happen. Uh, and along those lines, I have one of my favorite people in the world um, here today on the Nachum Siegel Network with us, um, and that is uh, Rabbi Eitan Katz. Rabbi Eitan Katz is the Associate uh, Regional Director. He is um, literally the right hand.
hand of Rabbi Yaakov Glasser in New Jersey. Um, Rabbi Eitan Katz, um, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rabbi Berg. It's a pleasure to be on it. I apologize for a bit of a sore throat due to the weather, but uh, I'm still to be part of the program today. No, we're so happy to have you. I got to tell you something. I'm here in the Orthodox Union. We have no heat and we have no phones. Um, so we actually, uh, I wanted just to shout out to Dan Jesselson, who's the most incredible engineer in the world. Um, you had to see him put things together, like with like masking tape and stuff, to be able to do this with Google Voice. Um, so it's <laughs> it's pretty exciting to be able to actually have you on here. We're we're, we're real excited. Um, but but you have done some incredible incredible work for many years, not just now, um, with uh, in the organization called Nahama. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your work. So the truth is, we've worked with uh, Nahama, Jewish Response to Disaster, uh, for the past six years. Uh, New Jersey NTSY has partnered with Nahama in uh, New Orleans, in Galveston, Texas, after Hurricane Ike, in Atlanta, in Rochester, Minnesota. Last year, we partnered with them in our own backyard after Hurricane Irene. Uh, and what we've done is we've sent groups of kids um, Boys and girls, we've done all boys trips of uh, yeshiva boys and public school boys and all girls trips of uh, yeshiva girls and public school girls. And we've, we've worked with Nahama side by side in uh, disaster-ridden areas. Most of the work that we've done involves going to people's homes, quite often um, underprivileged people's homes, and clearing out their house item by item, going through their lives, going through their old you know, photo albums and trying to salvage you know, whatever we can salvage. Um, we've worked day and night with them, you know, say uh, getting down and dirty, sometimes up to our knees and above in muck and filthy water. Um, but one of the great experiences that we've had uh, working with Nahama is we reach people who are at the edge. They've, they're at the moment of they just can't take it anymore. And they come, and as a lot of these people have said to us in these exact words, I've never met a Jew in my life, but suddenly, out of nowhere, a group of Hasidic Jews, because apparently we're all Hasidim in their eyes, showed up out of nowhere and saved my life. And when the Shiva kids and the public school kids from, uh, from New Jersey hear that, and they really feel that they've made a difference in someone's life, they feel that they've made a change, the homeowners come out with tears saying, I don't know how to thank you. Nobody else gave a helping hand. Nobody else came to our assistance. And they see our kids working from morning to night, barely taking a break, barely taking even a small lunch break, and just working to help out. But one of the beauties of, uh, of working with the Jewish organization and working with, with uh, the tremendous teenagers that, that we bring is that they treat their homes with tremendous care. We don't walk into a devastated house and say, this is a garbage dump. We walk into a devastated house and say, let's see what we can salvage. Let's see what mementos, family heirlooms, weren't destroyed. They could still be fixed. They could still be cleaned. And the kids show tremendous appreciation uh, for the homes that they're in. And it's just been a tremendous experience for all of us. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. I, I guess, you know, you probably never expected when you first got involved in this work that you'd be last year and this year be so, being so close to home, uh, to be just literally down the, down, down the block there. No, I never expected to be uh, so close to home. You know, wh- one of the beauties in Judaism is they say that, uh, that it's Taka, you have to be able to know how to give and how to be able to receive. So for many years, we were on the giving end, 
in other communities. And last year, when the good folks from Nahama arrived here, and there are big Nahama trucks, you know, and the big Jewish star on them saying a Jewish response to disaster, and they said, we're here to help you, it, it was a tremendous feeling. Um, you know, and, and the kids also, they got to understand what it means to give and to receive. So maybe, you always, can, maybe you can walk, just walk us through, what are you seeing out there? So what we see out there is we go into areas that were once communities. That no, were no, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Rabbi Katz. What are you seeing right now in New Jersey? Could you just walk me through a little bit uh, about cu- currently, not not uh, objectively, what goes on? Like, what, what, what are you seeing now on the ground? What we see on the ground is half the streets in our area are still closed off. There are trees that are downed all over the place that no one's been able to get to yet. There's still electric poles and phone poles, you know, all over the place. A lot of the street lights haven't gone back on yet. Most of the traffic lights aren't working yet. Uh, the lines for gas are, are two hours long. Um, there's still a tremendous amount of people um, without power. And Rabbi Berg, what you sort of hinted at the beginning is one of the things that we're seeing is the tremendous hospitality, the tremendous of the Orthodox community, you know, the Jewish community as a whole. You know, I think that in our shul we had more guests this past Shabbos than, uh, than members. Wow. I think that's one of the main things that we're seeing. One of, one of the things that I saw, and this is a credit to you, is uh, the TABC boys from, uh, from Teaneck. Um, they went around, Rabbi Josh Khan, who has gone on many of our trips with boys from TABC, and I guess because of those trips, they, they kind of swung into action, and, and I know about this because my son, uh, Natan Berg, who's five years old, went with them. He's friends with Rabbi Khan's uh, son, and uh, they literally just took to the streets of Teaneck and and just picking up trees and branches and stuff and just clearing the streets. Uh, they didn't wait for anyone to say anything. They just they just went out and did it. And I was uh, I was blown away. And I think that's due to the sensitivity and the training that, that you guys have done. Well, you know, thank you, Rabbi Berg. But you know, you said you guys have done. I want to um, refresh your memory a little bit. It was six years ago when you called me up and said, "I want you to go to New Orleans with uh, Rabbi Josh Kahn and TABC." and help out. And I asked you, like, what do you mean? And you're the one who actually initiated these programs, going to other communities and helping out. There's all... This, this is That's fascinating, because I absolutely don't remember that conversation. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. fa- fantastic. So let me ask you something. If, if people want to get involved now, obviously this is recovery is not going to be a five-minute recovery. What uh, what exactly um, could or should they do if they want to help out in the Chama? Okay, so we're actually working now with a lot of schools. Um, this coming Monday, we're having for the first time an all-ladies, adults, uh, group volunteering through NCSY, uh, through, uh, with Nahama. We have about 20 women who are showing up on Monday morning to get down and dirty and, and work with Nahama and Hoboken and Little so, Ferry. So this coming, this coming Monday morning, and the date of that is, uh, I apologize, I'm just, uh, uh, the, the 12th. The twelfth. Okay, so November twelfth. Now, if 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 you are um, a, a woman um, of any age, um, uh, and you're in the Teaneck area or Englewood or Fairlawn area, and you would like to volunteer, who should they be contacting? They should be contacting uh, Gila at the New Jersey office two zero one eight six two zero two five zero. Gila Vane is the one who is heading it up. Uh, she's in the office next to me. So that's two zero one eight six two zero two five zero zero two five zero. Okay. So that's number one. Um, n- number two is 
anybody who wants to get involved, they can either contact that same number through, through us and we'll set it up, or they can go on the Nakama website, nakama.org, and there's a volunteer form. Uh, just fill it out. Nakama is going to be here in this area for at least a month at this point, at least till the middle of December, um, helping out. So they're looking for volunteers every single day. You can come and volunteer for half a day, for a full day, for multiple days, whatever you can do. And, and I want to point out that anybody can volunteer. It does not matter how old you are, how, how young you are. Everybody can be of help. Everyone can go through people's homes and help and, uh, and help clean and help fix things up. Um, it's good for anybody. And, and I would, I would, yeah, and I would add that if people want to go to the Nechama.org website and donate, you know, we have seen firsthand the work that these people do. They are, by the way, the only national Jewish relief organization. And, and as I recall, um, the, the way they got started was some guys from Minnesota, you know, there was some disaster, some flood someplace, and they threw some shovels in the back of their uh, pickup truck, and they and, and a couple of Jewish guys, and they wanted to help out, and they said, well, you have to be part of a relief organization. They couldn't believe there wasn't a national Jewish one. Everyone knows what the Red Cross, but there was nothing specifically Jewish, and that's where they got the idea to, to start Nahama and nahama has been on the ground all across the country. It just happens to be now in, in a very, very Jewish backyard, but they are there literally making a Kiddush Hashem all year round. That is very true. That is very, very true. Okay, Rabbi Katz, uh, first of all, I salute you. I think what you're doing is incredible. I think it's great chinuch for our, our children to understand and to learn that when there's a disaster, we have to go out and we have to we have to help um, no matter what. And um, I think it's incredible work. Again, if you'd like to get involved, feel free to call uh, Rabbi Katz or uh, the Jersey New Jersey NCSY office at uh, 201-862-0250, 201-862-0250. Um, or please go to nechama.org, nechama.org, uh, and you can find out about volunteering opportunities there uh, in New Jersey, um, or you can donate to this incredible organization. Uh, Rabbi Katz, may God bless you, and I want to thank you very much for being here on the Nechama Siegel Network with me here today. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you so much. And uh, we will be back shortly. Um, very, very excited to have uh, a close friend of mine, someone who I think is one of the great um, Jewish leaders um, in the world, and that is Rabbi Yechiel Kalish. Uh, Rabbi Kalish is the National Director of Government Affairs for Agudas Yisrael, and he has been, um, from what I've heard from everyone, um, a tireless worker for the last 10 days uh, in, in helping in Far Rockaway in the five towns and that whole area to basically raise the funds they need and to get the relief that they need. Uh, we're very, very excited, so absolutely stay tuned, and we're going to have him um, here shortly. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Steve Savitsky. Welcome back to Savitsky Talks. And today we have Rabbi Dov Emerson. Rabbi Emerson is the assistant principal at the DRS Yeshiva High School for Boys, which is part of the Hebrew Academy of Long Beach in Widmere, New York. And um, he's also quite active in the uh, whole world of technology with uh, Twitter, etc., etc. And we'll hear all about that. And um, he's done a lot of work. And I've watched him, actually, because he was a great uh, leader through uh, the OU. And I remember one time coming out to California and seeing him dancing on a desk and a chair and, and a table. Sadova, could you still do that today? Every morning after chakras, it's part of the ritual. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear that. I keep thinking. I have this picture in my mind. Whenever I go to Beth Jacob in Los Angeles, I have pictures of you right on the right on the table. We like to bring Andy's wine to the school, you know, keep the culture.
culture. Yeah, that's uh, good. Life. I, th- I think I think it's great. Well, you know, we've been doing a lot, and um, you know, writing a great uh, little article here that you wrote for us, and um, it's going to be in the Jewish Action in the 2012 summer edition about technology. And in the article that you write, you, you make a really interesting point, which I never thought of, and you say, like the smartphone, the Internet, and everything else, they're not tools. They're really part of the existence of the uh, the kids today. In other words, you know, we don't look at a pen as a tool or, uh, you know, something like that. They don't look at this as a tool. It's just part of their life, correct? Sure. Yeah, they don't. They don't really look at it as, as as technology. Even you know, we look at technology as something new. Meaning, five years ago, if it didn't exist, now this is technology. This is something I did not have before. When you grow up with it, you kind of take it for granted that that is always going to be there. And that's you know, that's what that's what our kids do. So, how does that change? So, what does that mean because of that? Well, I think it certainly changes the expectations of the students. Um, I think that uh, it becomes more difficult to you know create this. Uh, you know, have these two distinct models where, you know, from, you know, from 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. until 6 p.m., whatever the school day is, you know, you're operating in a, you know, model that has remained largely unchanged for many years. And then when they go home, now we're back in 2012 with all the associated uh, aspects of that. Um, I think that, you know, it becomes a challenge, therefore, to kind of meet the students where they are at, um, utilizing the language and the tools that they are conversant in, um, while at the same time, obviously, you know, upholding standards and, and uh, you know, u- utilizing these things in a responsible educational way. And you talk about, you know, um, the difference between being, let's say you call tech proficient, which they are, and tech responsible. Could you kind of tell everybody about that a little bit more? Sure. Um, I, I think, you know, all of us have had that experience where, you know, and whatever year we're talking about, uh, whether it's the VCR clock, you know, blinking and trying to set the set it, or you know, to set the uh, uh, you know to, to fix some sort of printer issue on a computer, you know, we all often go to the kids because uh, they can set these things up very quickly, and they're and they're quite uh, proficient at being able to you know maneuver around technology very quickly and very easily. They're not afraid about messing up. They're, they're they you know they they like to experiment, um, and uh, you know that leads to them really knowing uh, the the ins and outs of how to use these things very well. Um, but at the same time, they don't you know as 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 being students and adolescents, uh, you know, or, or younger, their minds are still developing, um, and they're not yet at a point where they can, uh, you know, really make um, full and, uh, you know, uh, clear decisions on everything. And, and you know, with regards to uh, utilizing technology in a responsible way, that's something that they need still a lot of guidance on, and that's something where we have the opportunity as educators, as parents, as the adults in their lives, we have the opportunity to model for them and to teach them about. So is the educational model changing? Uh, let's say, uh, I mean, I know you're in DRS, but just other schools also, you know about other schools. I mean, are they, are they changing the educational model to teach responsibility? Are there courses on it, lectures? Uh, how do we do this? Um, you know, I, I think that different schools employ different models. Um, I think that, uh, you know, in DRS, we try to approach it, you know, in two distinct ways, one of which, you know, is a direct message, um, and that is, you know, we have programs, uh, you know, uh, safe computing, Internet education, um, and so forth, where uh, the program themselves 
the program itself is, is directed at the students and parents, for that matter, in terms of teaching them, you know, about safety online. Whereas, you know, the, the, the focus a few years ago was about, you know, preventing, you know, online predators and stuff like that. It, it, it's moved considerably now to discussions of, you know, what it means to have a, you know, what's called a digital footprint, you know, how you present yourself online in using social media and posting pictures and posting comments, how you communicate, the, you know, does, does if someone Googles you and they see this, you know, composite of, of your online life, is that going to be something that's going to get you a job in the future or is it going to lose you a job in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we have that component. And then the other component, I think, is, is, is really one of the, you know, one compelling reason for integrating technology in the classroom, which is when you utilize the technology in the classroom as a teacher, we have the chance to model it for our students. So, you know, if I post online a question for homework that I want everyone to respond to, um, and and I see in some of the responses students are, you know, calling each other names or using some sort of insulting language or whatever the case may be, I have the opportunity to go back and and say, let's talk about what it means to make a thoughtful comment and not one that's going to necessarily hurt someone's feelings. And and in doing so, you're, you're you're kind of showing them about that you know about that tech responsibility that they're that you know they're responsible for for how they conduct themselves online, just like in the real world. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're certainly of the opinion, I presume, uh, from reading the article and knowing you, that as you say, social media is here to stay. So we re- we recently had this asifa, which was uh, kind of set up in a way to maybe deny or try to say we could ignore what's going on. Uh, uh, do you agree with that, disagree? You know, I, I think that, um, you know, we have a big tent in Orthodox Judaism, and there's a lot of different uh, streams, and there's a lot of different, uh, you know, modes of thought. And I think that different communities, you know, have to kind of figure out for themselves what is going to be, what are going to be the appropriate guidelines? Um, I think that certainly within the community that I operate in, and that generally the OU operates in within the modern Orthodox community, um, the, the, it certainly skews towards uh, people that are you know comfortable using and accepting of um, you know technology and accepting of social media, um, and you know looking to utilize it in positive ways. You look at you know the, the the Torah programming that is produced on the OU website. You look at the Torah programming that is produced by YU Torah and the like. Um, there's definitely uh, a feeling and a and a strong belief that this is a tool. Uh, that can be utilized to do a lot of wonderful things. And I think that's certainly, you know, a message that has to be stressed within our community. That being said, other communities feel that, you know, it serves them better to, uh, you know, to, to, to move away from that and to say, you know, we're going we're gonna to access our information perhaps in a different way. No, I, I, I agree. I, you know, I just, my own personal opinion is that, you know, you can't stop it because it's just, uh, it's here. To, as you say, and this is just my opinion, I'm not asking you for yours right. now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but it's here to stay. It's going to get faster, better, less expensive. Uh, and so, therefore, you can't ignore it. And right. what you have to do is find ways of integrating it into your life. And like someone said to me, I think one of the articles that somebody wrote, they said that the best, um, you know, uh, the best system out there, okay, and the, and the best uh, control that you could put out is your Shemayim. That's the right. best filter in the world. That's right. the best filter. And right. I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to say, look, 
You know, if you're if you're a Torah true Jew, you have to know what you can do and what you can't do. And you know, the technology is going to get faster and better. But you know, we have to figure out a way of harnessing it. That's really what we're trying to do. And I think it is going to be more difficult. You know, for if a community does want to shut it out completely, it's just you know, as you said, you know, it is here, and and it's going to be more difficult to uh, to do that. And and you know, to a certain degree, that that's that's one of the reasons why I feel. That you know, responsible usage is is is, is how you know how, how it should right. be. Now, do you think we're going to find a way of utilizing it to do more online education also? And will that, you know, we've been working real hard at the OU to see what we can do about the cost of uh, tuition. And one of the ways, of course, is, you know, government funding and many, many other things. But one of them also is online education. Do you, do you see that happening in the near future or is it really something down the road? Um you know, to me, I, I, I think that uh, it, it's it's going to be difficult to implement in the short term, um, and I think that uh, you know, it, it, educationally, it really has to be thought about uh, how it can be accomplished in the you know in the best way. Um, I think that you know, from from my perspective, the the promise of you know online content. Um, is in the way that it can complement the classroom experience. Um, you know, there there are you know Jewish educators that are out there already experimenting with this concept um, called flipping the classroom, which has become popularized with the advent of Khan Academy, um, you know, and other online uh, you know right. sites like that, um, where the teachers are creating content, uh, video content and the like that the students are, you know, are asked to, you know, view and reflect on, you know, prior to the class or as a re- as a review of the class. Um, you know, generally that's not going to, you know, the downside is that that's not really going to result in the cost savings that we're talking about, but I think it certainly can enhance the, the level of education. In terms of, you know, straight online classes, um, I think, you know, there, there are several, you know, groups and organizations that are experimenting with different things, and, and, you know, I would imagine that there will be some form of that, and I, I certainly think, you know, in terms of offering, uh, you know, more unique or more advanced classes uh, for particular students within a school, especially within the Jewish day school, it can offer some economic benefits, but wholesale, I think we're still, we're still a little ways off. You think, so you still think we're some years away from this? Um... Yeah, let's hope let's hope it works because I think it's a, it's a great thing and it's a, it's a way of utilizing technology to hopefully even improve education but also make it more affordable. Yeah. Uh, but I think in the in the article, you know, you you talk a lot and I think you make a really good point about what you what you really call reputation management. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I think people don't understand that what they do uh, and they put something online or they post something it's there forever, unlike, you know, where the way it was at one point in time. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty hard for someone to become a Balchuva when everybody knows uh, what, what they sure. did 30 years ago, and you could see it every day. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, a very serious and potentially scary thing. And, and, you know, the more that we can, you know, we certainly try to do that, you know, in school to hit home to the students that, you know, if, if you wouldn't do that on Central Avenue, don't do it online. 
um, you know, and 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 you know, that, that they really have to recognize that this is this is the world that we live in. You know, employers and prospective schools and and you know shiduchim and all sorts of things that you're looking at. You know, people that that's how people will research you when you meet someone. You Google them. That's that, that's often the way of the world now. And and uh, you know, their their digital footprint is something that they should be proud of. It should it should you know. And I think that that's an important point to make also that that you know the opportunity to utilize it in a positive way, meaning we're talking about not being negative. We're talking about it that it shouldn't, you know, uh, hurt your reputation by some of the negative content that a person posts. But I think that it's also important for us to recognize how powerful on the positive end it can be. If you're, if, you know, and, and I think, again, that's another powerful argument for integrating technology in the classroom because the ability to generate for the students to generate their own content um, is something that uh, you know that, that you know that they can create you know an online portfolio, if you will, of of, of, of items that they have created, whether it's in video form or, or or text form or whatever the case may be, and that's something that can be very powerful in a very positive way, you know, in the next stage of their career, whatever it may be. Yeah, no, it's really great. I know you talk a lot about also your uh, your trip that you had to Boston and how you had different grades. Uh, why don't you explain that? That was really fascinating. Yeah, well, one of the things that we did this year um, was uh, uh, try to integrate um, uh, the use of, of, of different creative, way, uh, you know, ideas in, in, into our uh, student activities. And, and uh, Rabbi Ellie Brazil, Rabbi Nathan Farber have really been wonderful in that regard. And uh, one of the things that we did was, surrounding the trips, we created um, some Twitter names, or they're known in Twitter as hashtags, um, and uh, we we started contests and different opportunities for students to uh, to tweet, you know, different things or a picture from the trip or whatever the case may be. We had different contests, and we had them each use uh, one hashtag um, called uh, DRS Boston, and because uh, we all went, we all, three of our grades went to Boston together. And one of the things that was really incredible to see, uh, you know, was even though we were all three grades on different itineraries and we got together a couple times on the trip, we were pretty much separate for most of the trip. It created this unity because everyone was kind of communicating with each other. And when you have a junior and a freshman, you know, tweeting back and forth to each other, and when you have, you know, kids that normally are on the more quiet side, but now all of a sudden they're talking excitedly, you know, even, you know, in an online fashion, um, you know, that's something that I think is very special. And I think that that added a whole element to the to the trip, certainly. And I think it, it certainly reinforce for me the power you know that technology can have in terms of bringing voices out by students who otherwise may not be comfortable raising their hand and talking in a classroom but if you give them an opportunity you know if you send out a quiz question that everyone can respond online so you see they they also know it and they have a tremendous amount to add as well do you think it's important for parents to become more tech savvy because otherwise they're losing this you know we talk about the generation gap and how you know there was a great at one point, there was a tremendous generation gap, especially when parents came from, from Europe and then the kids were American. And then later on, they kind of, everyone was more or less the same, a little different, but there's a generation gap. I sense a generation gap because of technology today. And what can we do about that? Yeah, I, I definitely think that that, that, that is the case. Um, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, people utilize the terms digital natives and digital immigrants, you know, and that as kind of signifying that generational gap that you're talking about. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, look, part of it, you know, in, 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 you know, 
part of it has to do with just, you know, keeping that relationship open. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm taking a course with Dr. Pelkovitz right now, and we're talking about all the different, you know, uh, afflictions that, that afflict uh, communities. Um, and the bottom line for correcting all of them has to do with solid relationships between parents and, and, and children and teachers and, and students. And uh, I think, you know, that, that applies whether we're talking about technology or anything else, that the, the emphasis has to be on the open communication, that the relationship has to be out there, that the, that the children can feel comfortable talking to parents about, about anything. Um, on, you know, on a, on a more, you know, practical level with regards to technology, I think that, that you know, we do need to become more educated. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, the, the the Jewish action you know feature that 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 is coming out is you know an, uh, you know is an attempt to do that and you know educational programs and uh, such as the one that we run for our students and parents is another attempt at doing that um, you know and I think that uh, certainly the the basic things about you know having a filter on the computer having it in a public place um, you know and 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 you know. Being interested in our children, just like we would about how they were doing in school, you know, oh, what's going on? You know, uh, you know, uh, you saw that video clip uh, from uh, you know the Major League Baseball game today. You know, what would you think about that? And 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 keep those lines of communication open. But I definitely think we need to, you know, educate mm-hmm. ourselves. We don't need to be, uh, you know, super tech, uh, uh, you know, IT people, but we certainly need to, uh, to 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 understand what 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 shift is taking place. Right, I think that that's a great point, though, because um, you can't just ex- you know expect. In other words, you can't. A parent can't say the technology part of my child's life is something a domain that I know nothing about, and I'm going to leave it alone because that becomes an important part of their life. Sure. It is their life, as you sure. said. It's not just you know part of it. It is their life, and if you as a parent don't understand at least part of it or can't communicate with them, it's really it's almost like the old days. I'm telling you, it's almost like the old days when the parents came and they spoke Yiddish and the kids spoke English, and there was no communication. They're speaking a different language. Sure. 100%. So I guess, uh, I guess I guess we have our challenges, but we've always had our challenges. So I'm, I'm sure you're optimistic about it. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think you know, on the on on the positive end, certainly in 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 schools, I think that you know we're we're moving uh, with you know uh, as as a uh, you know as a educational community, we're moving in a positive direction towards utilizing technology in effective ways. There's a lot of exci- exciting stuff happening amongst different teachers. Teachers are getting together, um, you know, and and communicating and using actually social media uh, and online communities to get together and share ideas, which is something that, you know, uh, the, the general education community out there in this country is, is ahead of us on, but, 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 we're, but we're catching up. And, you know, uh, we have uh, this year we started a, an online weekly Twitter chat called Jed Chat that meets Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern that, uh, you know, we vote on the topic and Jewish educators from around the country get together and uh, on Twitter discuss a particular issue. Um, and, it's uh, oh, great. You know, uh, they're, they're, it's really, it's, it's, it, 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 we're really trying to move away from teaching as an isolating profession. That you, that the outside of the classroom walls, you have this whole support network that can help you, that can share ideas, that you can learn from, that you can contribute to them as well. And uh, it's really exciting. Well, that's terrific. And I know you're going to be at the cutting edge of it, uh, Rabbi Dov Emerson, um, up and coming star in uh, a star already in my mind for sure, but an even further okay uh, assistant principal at DRS High School. And uh, you know, Dova, uh, I think you're going to be one of the leaders as we go forward. So thanks a lot for being on the program, and thank you so much for writing that beautiful article in the Jewish Action. I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy it. Thank Have you. A great I appreciate day. it.
Hi, welcome back to the Jewish Reaction. Uh, I'm Rabbi Steve Berg, the International Director of NCSY, here with Rabbi Yechiel Kalish, who is really, uh, I think, one of the heroes of Hurricane Sandy. He's the National Director of Government Affairs for Agudas Yisrael. He's really one of the most outstanding uh, leaders in Klai Yisrael. And Rabbi Kalish, I really have to ask you, you know, when you moved here a year or two ago from Chicago, did you expect to be in the middle of a hurricane? Uh, no, actually, uh, 20 years living in Chicago, um, and uh, I moved to New York, they tell me it was the uh, that winter we had the greatest snowstorm to ever hit the city, and then we had uh, Irene, and then we had Sandy. So I'm trying to figure out, 20 years in Chicago, I never had to move out of my home for a week, and uh, all I've done here is move out of my home. So what's going on with your city, man? It's really, it's really unbelievable. And I have to tell you, one of the reasons I wanted to, to talk to you today was, um, I read someone forwarded to me just a very, very moving email that you sent around with all the different types of requests that, uh, you've been getting from that area. Maybe you can just talk about what you've seen, you know, in the, in the past 10 days. Um, you know, I, uh, the, the other day, uh, the guys from FEMA were here and, um, and, uh, I asked, uh, I asked one of the gentlemen, the congressional affairs officer, um, who, you know, most of what I've been doing, just stand quickly, Steve, most of what I've been doing has been helping raise money for the victims. We're estimating between 20 and $25 million is needed to get people semi back to normal. And so FEMA assistance is obviously uh, of critical importance as well as, um, you know, getting shelter for uh, for these individuals, 500 families at least are displaced. And uh, anyway, so I asked him, I said, you know, where are you from? How long have you been here? He says, you know, Rabbi, I was in Afghanistan for two years uh, working for the U.S. military. And he says, what I see here is Afghanistan. Is Afghanistan. He wow. says, homes wiped out like there was a bomb. Areas just completely submerged underwater. Uh, families that have absolutely nothing left. You know, I spoke in Queens the other night. And I said the following, you know, uh, since I moved to New York, I've, I've, uh, I've learned that you, the, the easiest way to get to work is actually public transportation. That's, that's a very new thing. For out-of-towners, it's a very big deal to get on a train instead of taking your car. And I saw, uh, for the first time, uh, panhandlers and a large number. You know, again, out-of-towners, we don't experience that like you do in New York. And I always wondered, how do those guys get there? How does it happen? If he has no brother, he has no sister, you know, he has no family, I, I know how it happens now. Someone, wow. someone could get wiped out to the point that they're just gone, just gone. Wow. So that I mean, so maybe you could tell us a little bit. Also, I want to ask you, I mean, you've done a tremendous job with a good Israel, but one of the names that we keep hearing a lot about is this Achiezer uh, and the incredible work they're doing. Maybe you sure. could just tell us a little bit about them. Achiezer is an incredible organization, and the fact that Achiezer existed, pre-existed uh, in uh, a couple years prior um, to this uh, hurricane, you know, it, it, it makes the relief effort that much better. Uh, Rabbi Baruch Verbender, who's, uh, who's the president and founder of Achiezer, a young man who just has tremendous kachas, tremendous insight, uh, just uh, really a ball of energy, uh, able to uh, cross, uh, uh, you know, uh, religious boundaries um, in so many ways. Uh, he really has created a, 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 an effective organization to be able to respond to uh, disaster or emergencies. So therefore, when this happened, everyone just rallied around Rabbi Bender and Achiezer. And that, you know, 
and then in terms of the funding, so since they're not a funding or a granting organization, so that's where someone like me who has, you know, fundraising experience as well as large nonprofit experience makes a difference. You know, I can come in and I can help them, you know, figure out how to distribute. We're working with the Davis Memorial Fund, somebody who's used to giving out money in an appropriate manner. So, you know, we could be the intake, we can be the marketing, we could make sure that people understand. Sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, someone who knows what they're doing has, uh, tens of years of experience in distributing to duck appropriately, you know, they're giving out the checks. Wow. Well, let me tell you something, something I saw, I, I actually witnessed yesterday, and uh, here we are on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm sure Nachum would be happy to hear this. Nachum I was, was here just a few minutes ago. Oh, was he? Wow. Please yeah. send my best. I was at Yeshiva University, and I was sitting in Andy Goldsmith's office, who actually is a resident of Cedarhurst, and uh, he started praising um, you specifically, and then Achi Ezer, and talking about how the president of Yeshiva University, Richard Joel, had been down there and working with you guys. And, and I think, I guess, you know, it's hard to talk about the silver lining when you're seeing people without homes and seeing all this damage and destruction, but, but one of the things that I'm hearing more and more are it's forcing Jews to work together of all kinds of Hashkafa. So maybe you could talk just a little bit about that. There's there's no Hashkafa here. It's just a matter of let's everyone get together. Heshi Billet was here just a few minutes ago with Steve Katz. You know, we're sitting around the table. We're just figuring things out. You know what I mean? I had UJA Federation uh, meeting with all these Shivas, Haredi and otherwise uh, yesterday. Uh, Darcy Hirsch, uh, she should get a real shout out uh, from UJA Federation. She is awesome. Um, and she brought in some of the senior leadership UJA we were able to sit down, discuss what the what the needs of the local yeshivas are. Um, uh, Rabbi, uh, not Rabbi, uh, but uh, Richard Joel from uh, from Yeshiva University, President Richard Joel. I always call him Rabbi Joel, and he always corrects me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, Richard Joel came, um, and he gave a lot of chizuk to the Olam, um and you know, uh, not only chizuk, but he brought his young men and women, uh, the cleaning out houses, knocking on doors, making sure that things are okay with people, making sure that people are, are alive, that they're warm, that they have food. I mean, Yeshiva University has been tremendous, and uh, Lakewood Yeshiva, Mirza Shem, uh, this Moshe Shabbos from Okil Cutler is going to be speaking at an Asifa uh, at 8.30 in one of the halls in Lakewood with, with myself and Rabbi Bender uh, to discuss, you know, what Lakewood could do to help our relief efforts. So you see, you know, there's no hashkafa here. This is all about helping Jews. That's uh, it's it's incredible to hear. It's really a heartwarming. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people want to do stuff. <laughs> what do you? What is the best way for them to do stuff? Whether it be to give money or to actively help. Well, if you want to give money, achiezer.org, a a c h i e z e r dot o r g. That's the place to uh, that's the place to give uh, donation. The hurricane relief tab. It all works. A c h i e z e r dot o r g. And uh, Sunday is going to be a big day in terms of cleaning up and helping people. So uh, that's what I would do. You know, if people want to help, you know, come Sunday, you know, call Achiezer at 516-791-4444, 516-791-4444, and ask how you can help, and uh, they'll direct you to the right, uh, to the right uh, department. If you want to give a large donation, my cell number is 646-408-1013, and we'll walk you through the process. 
And I can actually attest to the fact that we were supposed to speak a little bit earlier, and then you wound up uh, getting tied up with the foundation. And I got to tell you something. I, it's just it's amazing to hear um, to hear you to speak to you to see that a good sisteral, um is is just really there on the ground. And um, you know what's what's amazed me. I think most people would be surprised about this. Is is, is all your efforts right now are not going to raise money for good sisteral. You're going straight through Achiezer, and uh, it's just uh, it's just a great thing to see the work that you're doing. And and like I said, you know, I was up. From everywhere I've been, I've been going. Everyone has basically been praising your work and your name, and and it's just, uh, it's really amazing to to be your friend and and see you in action. Thank you, Steve. It means a lot. It really means a lot. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. I'll let you go back to raising the yep. dollars and putting people back in their home. <laughs> and I actually, just to let you know, I got electricity two hours ago in my home, so oh, that's one less home you have to worry about. So you can watch the football game tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> God, oh God, oh. All right, okay. thank you so much, Rabbi thank Kalish. You. Take care. Okay, bye bye. So, and that's really just one of the amazing things that, that I've seen. And again, you know, maybe I'm repeating myself here. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's also great being here on the Nachum Siegel Network because one of the things I, I've said to Nachum and, and I get one of the great moments that I had with him, uh, was when we honored him at the NCSY, one of the NCSY banquets. And, and I talked about the fact that what, what has always drawn me to, to Nachum, uh, Siegel has been just his great love of the Jewish people. And, you know, he's a guy, you know, I've said this many times, who's colorblind, um, does not see the different hushkafas, the different philosophies of people. He just sees Jews. And, you know, it, it's such a crazy thing. You know, I always say to people that Jews don't do prosperity well. You know, when everything's going well, we kind of don't care about each other. We do our own thing, et cetera. We, you know, but when it comes to disaster, when it comes to something like this, it really, we all come together. Um, and it's beautiful to see. And, and, and what my hope is, what my real hope is, is that we can take this, take the relationships that are being built now um, in disaster, in the heart of disaster, and that we can um, basically translate that into uh, into something more. Um, and I think that that's, that's really what God probably wants from us. And obviously, I'm not saying that God sent the hurricane. I mean, obviously, everything comes from God. But, you know, not saying that there are any, you know, we can't really understand why these things happen. But once they do happen, I think that we can really focus and work on, on learning the lessons that we have to learn on becoming better people as a result of it. Um, I, like I said, you know, I think one of the great things that we did many years ago, um, and this happened really post-Katrina, because I think... For people in my generation, um, we hadn't really seen anything like Katrina. And I think that started to make us realize that even a, a great, powerful country like the United States, um, you can have terrible things happen and people need to spring into action. And uh, I, I think that that's what's happened. So, you know, you have Nechama on this side of the Hudson in New Jersey uh, with people volunteering uh, um, opportunities. Again, go to Nechama.org or call the uh, NCSY office here um, here in uh in Teaneck at 201-862-0250, 201-862-0250, or as you heard from Rabbi Kalish, um, to to get in touch with Achiezer. Um, Achiezer, I believe, he said the website, although you can Google it, was achiezer.org, I believe, or was it .com? I think it was .org. Um, but their phone number is 516-791-4444, 516-791-4444. And uh, I hope that we're going to see everyone kind of coming out and help the cleanup. And, and even if you can't come out and help the cleanup and do all those things, I think, you know, 
one of the things I, I, I know that, and again, I went through this, I just got my power two day, two, two hours ago, is that so many people kept emailing and texting my wife. She was, I was driving her crazy. She had to, you know, respond to every single one of them, um, with offers of like our house, our food, or this, and that. It was just, you know, never say, oh, I'm sure they're taken care of. I, I don't think that we should ever say that. And even if it's just a call to say, hey, how you doing? You know, when, when you are, displaced when you can't be at home when you can't be in the place you're used to uh, you know it's just it's just very very difficult psychologically it's difficult physically not sleeping where you you want to sleep and not having the things that you want to think people have a little bit shorter tempers as a result and it's just it's very difficult and i think that um you know just that call of saying hey how you doing just want to give you a hug over the phone um, or just uh, see what's going on. It really does make the difference. And I'm inspired by people like Rabbi Katz. I'm inspired by people like uh, Rabbi Kalish uh, and the work that they're all doing. And I hope that everyone will continue to to build and to grow and from this experience. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to say that they will never have an experience like this again. But you know what? This this. You know, we had it last year with Irene. We've seen other things happen. You know, I think that we just have to be ready to help, help out everyone, um, because that's what God wants us to do. You know, I've said many, many times, and I'll, I'll close here, um, as I close with the show and the, the wonderful Nachum Seal Network. And I just love saying that because I believe that everything we've talked about today is embodied by Nachum. But, uh, you know, one of the things I've often said is that when a, a baby is born, there is no more selfish being on the planet than a baby. Because a baby cries when it's hungry, it cries when it, it has to go to the bathroom, it cries when it's bored, it just and, and just needs other people to do everything for it. And a person is born very selfish. And the job of a person is to go from being selfish as a child to being selfless and giving to other people. That's that's what God wants us to do. We start off in one place, we need to get to the other. And the selflessness that I am seeing in the Jewish people right now um, is something that, frankly, should move us all. And I hope that in the merit of all these incredible acts that are happening, um, we'll definitely see the coming of the Mashiach, or the Messiah, and be able to come back and, and, and not really have as many of these issues. And hopefully everyone um, will soon be back in their homes safe and warm. Thank you so much uh, for listening to this edition of the Jewish Reaction. And I look forward to next week being rejoined rejoined by Rabbi Glasser, and I have to mention that these two days he spent in Los Angeles were on a special learning Yachikala program for our staff, the NCSY staff. We make sure that they don't only learn with the kids, but that we learn with them and set up shiurim in classes um, for their own, you know, Lima uh, Torah, and he's coming back after a very successful uh, two-day trip, and unfortunately he was delayed, and I, I welcome him back for that that incredible, and by the way, he just got power back, um, I think it was yesterday morning. Uh, he, so he was out of power for eight days, I was out of power for nine days, um, um, but that doesn't stop any of us from doing what we got to do. So thank you so much for being here for the Jewish Reaction, and we look forward to speaking to you next week. <laughs>